You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. Today I have with me Kelly Farrell. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Thanks for being here. My middle name is Farrell. We just (laughs) kind of went over how interesting that is. Spelled differently. Anyhow, so Kelly Farrell is a life coach. She specializes in helping people know their worth and creating their ideal life. And she's very dynamic and she has a lot going on. So we're just going to kind of get into the work that she does. And then we're going to, because this is Love Talk Live, we're going to get into her love story with her man. And also just, you know, previously relation, previous relationships before her current guy because we all have stories and journeys. And Well, the bad relationships are the most fun to talk about. Oh, good. Right? I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. All the train wrecks, right? That's all the fun stuff. It is so fun because we can laugh about it now. Although, right? Otherwise, knowing is, is growth opportunity. We'll call it that. Yes. She's already <laughs> giving you nuggets of wisdom. This is wonderful. Okay. So first, let's talk about the importance of self-worth and knowing your worth in relationships. I really think it's like that's the number one key ingredient for walking into a healthy relationship is knowing your worth before you enter into that relationship. Because if we don't know our worth, what are we going to do? We're going to look for that other person to show us our worth, and we're ultimately always going to be disappointed. It's only a matter of time. And we don't know our worth. We don't really see the value that we're contributing to this other person and and their life. And so what we'll do is we'll not have our needs met. We'll ignore all the red flags. We'll just go along with things that we don't really want to say yes to, and we do it anyway because really like we're in people-pleasing because there's this story underneath there of like, I'm just lucky anybody's interested in me, so here I am. And really what I find is like a scarcity mindset. And, it, and it, it's so funny, Jamie, because it's like it doesn't matter how old we are. Yeah. I had a 22-year-old client, 22, be like, well, I'm dating this guy, and it's not like I'm going to marry him, but I don't really think I can find anybody else. Oh, my God. And it's wow. like for all the people watching, they're like, oh, 22 to be to be young again. Like, right. But that's also the mindset that we have at 32 and 52 and 62. And it's like, why would we want to be in a relationship where we're like, eh, not all my needs are met. Right? It's like we're in a relationship to give and receive love equally. And, of course, be triggered. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. But it's, it's essentially it's like if I don't know my worth, I'm going to work out all my self-worth issues on that person. And there's our drama. Yes. Well, I love that you're bringing up this, this lack versus abundance. Because mm. what we study and what we know is that there is abundance all around, no matter what age you are. There's always enough. There's more than enough. And mm. that is heartbreaking to hear a 22-year-old. Yeah. But this is the world that we live in because we're human, right? Yeah. And so even when you are 22, that was that person's journey. Mm-hmm. And hope, well, obviously working with you, hopefully (laughs) now they've realized that there's a lot of abundance out there. In the process, but it's a lot of undoing of our thinking, right? It's like we've been taught to think in terms of scarcity. It's like, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I'm not good enough. All this, so it all plays out, of course, into our relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so rich. I love it. Okay, so why do people feel like they want to be rescued by their partner? Why do people feel that way? I think that that's another cultural conditioning. It's like we've been told, you know, there's a lot of people out there who really believe it's like I will feel happy when 
I meet that right person. And it's kind of the, the Prince Charming syndrome, right? It's like they will rescue me from mm -hmm. my depression or my financial hardship or the, the pain in my daily life. And it's like, well, love is what we're here and meant to do. So it's like, of course, everybody has a desire to be in a relationship, but it can't fill like that other that love from the other person can't fill that that hole there that is is for our own self love. Mm -hmm. And then we keep looking at them to do that. And it's like, I can't they can't please us. Right. And then that relationship might not work out. And then they go into the next relationship, hoping that they get rescued okay, until yep. until they do that work to rescue themselves. Absolutely. It all goes back to the relationship with ourselves. And sometimes it's like people will want to give to us and they will want to give us the abundance of their love. But we, there's something inside that's, uh, I can't quite receive it because I haven't received my own. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll tell you. I mean, that was really the, the problem in my relationships, right? It's like, and I just want to own it. It's like if people ask me, like, why didn't my previous relationships work out? I didn't know myself and I didn't know my self-worth. And so I was sticking out the relationships also in that scarcity mindset of like, I'm just lucky that, that anybody's interested in me. So it's okay that he doesn't call me back when he says he will or show up when he says he will. And he's making dates with other women. It's okay. <laughs> and maybe there's no other better guy out there. Maybe this is, that's yes, what you're thinking. Yes, that's the other thing. It's, it's like, well, this is it for me. <laughs> but you know what? A lot of people, this is very normal. A lot of people mm -hmm. think yeah. this is how guys operate. Like mm -hmm. they, and even mm -hmm. some girls, like whether it's a, or whoever you're in a relationship with, you know, this is, this must be love. I can deal with this. And this is what you're saying. Like, I guess... I can just do this forever. And like you keep saying, I'm lucky just to even have this person who's on a pedestal, who, <gasps> yeah. who mm -hmm. is not human, but thank you for being with me. Oh, and thank you for bringing up the pedestal. Because, like, you know, it's interesting. We, we think people are going to like it when we put them up on a pedestal. We think they're going to like it. But actually what that's doing is it's creating a separation. So it doesn't really matter if we think they're above us or below us. It still creates that feeling of separation. Ultimately, it, it might be a temporary ego boost for someone to be put up on a pedestal, but ultimately it's like they're going to feel that pain of separation. Mm -hmm. And no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be put up on a pedestal. It's uncomfortable. It's unflattering in a way. Yeah, and it's too much pressure for the person on the pedestal to try mm -hmm. to be perfect and to make you feel the way that they did maybe right at the beginning. Right. When and they were the prince. there's a neediness in there, right? Of like, you're so much better than me. And like, if I could just get your validation, then maybe I'd feel rescued from my own feelings of self-hatred. I love that you're bringing up validation. Yeah. Because this is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. It's about validating ourselves. Knowing yeah. that no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is of a job, of a date, I'm still the beautiful person that has gifts to give and so much to offer no matter what happens. And that's the abundance mindset, right? It's like imagine the difference between somebody who's sitting across from you on a first date and doesn't even say the words but has the energy going on of, oh, God, please like me. Yes, please um, like We've all been there, right? We've been on a date with someone who's on both overly sides of trying to impress you. It's really yeah. uncomfortable. Yes. And we as humans, we have a natural sales resistance. I always say it's like, you know, when you're, when you're at the mall and you're walking by those little oh carts with the people that come up to you and they try and touch your hair and put lotion on you and you're like, ah, you, you, you run away physically. And you're right. like, I don't even know what you're selling. I am running away from you because yes. all you feel is this needy energy. It's like energy. a desperation. It's a desperation. And people don't like to be around that because it reminds them of their own feelings of neediness and desperation, right? Mm. And so we go into natural sales resistance. It has nothing to do with how amazing that person is. It has everything to do with, like, I'm uncomfortable in this energy. It's kind of 
like we stink and we don't know it. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> but like if you walk into a no, first date, true. like, I am open to this being the most rela- amazing relationship of my life. I am open to you being my life partner. And if you're not, it's okay. Yeah. Because I am enough. I have more than enough. And if it's and if you're not, it's okay. That's the thing. Not to yeah. get hung up on whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You know, we can only control our feelings. So many times people are like wishing that the other person would just fall in love with them because they feel so much. But we have our own soul's curriculum and, and we're going to operate and feel the way that we are meant to feel and be. And so to try to control somebody else, it's just, it's never going to work. Oh, I love that you were used the word control. Because it is like a kind of a, a manipulation, right? Of like, please like me. Please give me the validation. Please yeah. give me the compliments. And the other person is going, I don't even have my own free will to give you a genuine compliment. Again, they go into sales resistance. Yes. They feel like their own personal liberties has been taken away from them. You know, a forced compliment will never suffice. Never suffice. It never really hits that place <laughs> that you want it to do, right? right. And you've, you've taken away that person's liberty to give you a genuine compliment and really adore you in their own words. I just feel like saying right now, because I, I love talking about intuition, mm-hmm. for anybody who is on their dating journey, or even in your, you're already in a relationship, a couple, a marriage, whatever, just when you're around that person, check in with yourself. Am I being genuine? Mm. Is this genuine? Is this authentic? Or is this? Is there something fake and disingenuous about this? And if there is, call yourself out. Call the other person out. Say, let's talk about this because I, this doesn't feel natural or something. And that's very empowering to be able to acknowledge it and then to say it. Right. People-pleasing is a manipulation it's acting inauthentic and pretending to be someone you're not and doing things you don't really want to do to try to manipulate that other person into liking me so then what i can get some validation and if we're really honest with ourselves sometimes we don't even like the other person that much we just it's are like a game. so hungry yeah. for the validation yes oh my we could talk about this forever forever okay so let's talk about the importance of giving and receiving equally in relationships and actually we just kind of talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit about the pedestal and so uh, the, the key word in there is, is equally, right? And it's like, think about our breathing. It's in and out, in and out. It has to be even. Otherwise, it's like, uh, this is so uncomfortable. Mm. And most yeah. people always feel like they're the one that gives the most in the relationship, right? Because most people are only comfortable with the giving. And it feels good to give, but we also have to receive. Otherwise, we're running on exhaustion and then becomes an obligation rather than this place of like, oh, it feels so good to give to this person because I know that they're also giving to me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, right, it's like when we have that lack of self-worth going on, it feels wildly uncomfortable to receive. And sometimes we'll block the other person. So, I mean, I am certainly guilty of this, right? I, mm-hmm. I know the discomfort of receiving attention. I remember there was a time in my life that the worst 20 seconds of my life was the happy birthday song. <laughs> you know, people laugh at this. Like, I go into, like, pa- people are singing wow. this song to me, and I'm like, this is so So since you were little. Yes. And then did, does it still go on? It's, 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 yes, okay. It's better now. It is so much better now because then I go, all right, just allow it to, 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 to receive. And, of course, my mom sings it to me uh, every year on my <laughs> But she used to, you know, when you get the, the restaurant to come and, like, the staff yeah. comes and all the restaurants looking at you, I'm like, this is horrible. It's like my skin is on fire for 20 seconds because it's the love, the attention, everybody's eyes on you. So it's just like, 
this is too much for me. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Your boyfriend's name is? Ray. Okay, Ray. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that you don't want, if he were to propose. He would never. You would not want it to be in a baseball field, on the Jumbotron, or at a basketball game. You would not want that. We're not doing that. No, okay. that's, no. Do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I always no. said that's what I would have wanted. Really? Totally. Oh, well, we're obviously so right. different. So you like to be, a, yeah, but on this the camera. Is why yeah, I get it. People are so interesting because if I didn't know this, I would have thought you were the most outgoing. Oh, God. I want to be the star of the play and the show. Mm. And so people are interesting. Cause, but you do like public speaking. Yeah, Maybe. Oh, that's interesting because I think if it is giving, right, it's like I'm being of service. <gasps> so I only want to talk about something that's going to help people rather than like, let's celebrate the fact I'm alive right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would rather like them sing any other song, sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, sing anything other than that. Oh but my it's, God. It's like, wow. And I would always hear it in slow motion to happy birthday. And I'm just like, oh my God, let it be over. But at least there's cake. So there's that. But oh basically it was like being on the receiving end of that. And so I'll just share with you. It's like, it was really uncomfortable for me to even have my, my boyfriend buy me dinner just to like be on the receiving end of that. And so there's all this conflict going on and he, he doesn't know. He's just sitting there enjoying his margarita. But for me, I'm just going in and it's like, like okay, I want to receive this, but it's uncomfortable. Uh, uh, uh. The man, I don't know how he knew this, Jamie. I do not know. He's one of those few people in the world, like he can read I don't know how I knew. Old song. But, it, but he turns to me. He's like, Kelly, you really robbed me of the joy of giving to you. And that was like towards the beginning? Yes. Wow. And I'm just like, ugh. And wow. rob me of the joy of giving to you. So it's like for anybody listening, if you have That's any so discomfort true. around receiving, understand it's like that is also a gift for the person that is giving. Think about how yes. good it feels to give someone like a wonderful present and it just hits them and you can tell it's like they love it oh. and it generally touches them. Right? It's a joy for us, right? And so it's like there's such a, a joy in the giving that one of the gracious and most humble things that we can do is allow ourselves for people to, to give receive. to us, to graciously receive. And then if it feels uncomfortable, I promise you, you will get used to it very quickly. But this is what's interesting also. So you love giving. You're saying I can get up there and oh, yeah. give and speak. So you understand that joy. So your empathy should go <laughs> towards him yeah. for, to give him that gift to give you the gift. Yes, I'm now aware that like anything I ever do for like his birthday or Christmas, like it's more about how I want to give it to him. And my enjoyment of giving it to him, it will probably always be stronger than what he receives. It's a lot of analyzing about giving and receiving, but it's good to to put this out in the open. Mm-hmm. So that when you're 75, you're not realizing it then. Oh, yeah. And it's like if, if anybody's just waiting to like feel worthy and be like, well, one day it'll all be fun. Like, no, uh, we've all had to work on ourselves to get to this level of being able to comfortably give and receive, right? And not keep score and not be be worried or like, oh, I'm the one that's doing more than the other. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or maybe sometimes I'm uncomfortable now I'm receiving more than the other. Don't keep score. Like just just allowing that. I like that you're bringing up. I was like, where was I going? I like that you're bringing up keeping score mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. because I feel like in general most relationships, as they go through the flow of their relationship, there are going to be times where one person is just more on their game. Let's say yeah. because we're human, and sometimes people go through times where they're feeling not as good about themselves for whatever reason. You know, 
It's not like we're all like rainbows and sunshine every single day, like sparkly. No, because we're human. So that's interesting. And I, and I hope that couples understand this and they understand that there's not anything wrong with the relationship. Mm-hmm. If you go through phases where you feel like your partner isn't up to par like you'd like them to be. Well, everything is an ebb and flow, right? And yeah. everything is precarious. So it's like everything goes up and down. So maybe like in the beginning of a relationship, one partner makes more money and then the other. And then especially if you're in it for the long haul. But but I, I will say that's a long-term relationship. I've been in relationships where it's like kind of early on. I'm like, it'll get better. Eventually, like, he'll start doing more. <laughs> No, like, no. It, how it is in the beginning, I think it sets a precedent yes. for how it's always going to be. So, yeah, so there's ebbs and flows and there's up and down and we're, we're, we're human, so we go through that. But if it's, like, unbearable and you're just, like, kind of sticking right. it out, hoping it's going to get better, especially in the beginning. Hmm. And I like that you're saying this because as I was saying that, I was thinking this is for couples that have that deep connection. Yes. That you, you've already established a solidness yeah. to your relationship. You've already have built a life together. Right. But and if then, it's all one-sided from the beginning. Like I hear yeah. a lot of my clients say, so they went on, and this happens like in, from both sides. Like either they go on a date and let's say it's this girl who came in recently and she's like, so the guy was asking me all the questions and I just didn't want to ask him questions because she just obviously wasn't interested and that's okay but then sometimes it's the opposite where a girl will come and she'll be like he didn't ask me anything and that doesn't feel good Mm. so and this is just an example with like asking questions on the date but then it can be bigger stuff was when you're in a relationship if it's like someone is never reaching out to you to see how your day was or being thoughtful and it seems like, so let's talk about this ex. I mean, I, that's a personality, right? If they're not curious about you and they only want to talk about themselves, it's like, that's a personality. That's okay. But what's interesting, because so what I believe is that if you're, if you're intrigued by some, well, although maybe somebody is narcissistic and a little sociopathic, taking that aside, if you're really, if you're like, if you don't have any diagnosable disorders, if you're interested in somebody, you're going to ask them questions. So right. what I'm guessing is your your ex obviously wanted to be with you and stay with you, but he didn't. There was something in his brain. Or maybe he didn't. <laughs> I'm just Separate guessing. Vein. Actually, I'm projecting because I had an experience like this where the guy w- was just like not fun to be around. Okay. <laughs> okay. He drank yeah. a lot. Okay. Just, he was very stressed. He had a very, like, high-powered job. It was all about him, okay? Okay. But yet, he still loved me and did not want to break up. So, I was just projecting, like, okay. So, let's go back to your ex. His (laughs) name is, we're going to call him Lucas, okay? (laughs) Oh, Lucas sounds so much better than any of my exes. Okay. (laughs) What was it? Oh, I don't want to okay, say we're not like, do it. Let's just lump them all together. Because, again, it's like I take responsibility for George, Stan, Jason, now. Bob. Yes. Fantastic. Love, love a George. Okay. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Okay. So, them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> them. well I'll, I'll just say it's like it didn't work out because I didn't know myself and I didn't know my self-worth. And I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. I didn't know how to communicate. I think that's a huge thing in relationships is when we don't know our self-worth, we also can't ask for what we want because we don't feel worthy of it. So then we'll, you know, it's like we can't go in through the front door. We'll go in through the back door, and then we'll try to manipulate. And I've seen people do this. I don't want to generalize, but some 
some women will do it more right so they they'll, what they'll do essentially it's like do so much for the other person that then maybe they can ask for this other thing that they secretly want right but then the other person doesn't know that you're doing all these things in order to get this this other thing that you're looking for right and so then they feel kind of manipulated in a way i would love an example of this and i think mm. they would also do you have an example specific are you drawing on something or is that total random totally random uh, I did have a client who, who was telling me about, about this situation. But you know what? Because I don't want to tell her story. So oh. generalizing it, sometimes women will sleep with men in order to get them to like them. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. And then there's this feeling of like, I thought I could get him to have a relationship with me. Because like, it's bonding. Yeah. The sex is bonding. It's like this idea of like I can get him to like me and get him to want to have a relationship with me through having sex with him. Meanwhile, he's like he just thinks this is just sex. He didn't know, right? <laughs> right. And then they're that disappointed, all, and then they're really the disappointed, and they're like, and then they feel gross, and they're like, oh, why did I do that? I didn't really like this guy, and what? Well, you don't really like him. Why are you? So you know, I'm just I'm an advocate for it's like just no expectations, all agreements. And just like laying it out and what stops a woman from saying you know what i'm only looking for a serious relationship or i only sleep with men who i'm in a monogamous relationship with guess what there's so many men that want that too i know like it doesn't seem like it but there are there are i have a single brother <laughs> contact me later if anybody's looking yes. or your friends yes <laughs> your client okay so um, we haven't gotten to asking for what you want versus manipulation. Well, that's it. So it's that like is that. I, yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's like they they're not clear within themselves on how to just simply ask for what they want. So I'll share with you is like yes. what made my my current relationship different with my partner is like I was upfront with him about that of like I'm looking for a serious relationship. I'm not looking for anything else. And he was like, Oh, I'm not. Which At the is, beginning, wait, this yes. is the acts of the today. This is today. This oh. is my current partner. He's like, I'm not. Okay, interesting. So so just so we're clear then, it's like, I, I don't sleep with anybody I'm not in a monogamous relationship with. He's like, fine. Because guess what? And here's what he told me. Because sex isn't some prize that a man earns from a woman for taking her out. It's two people choosing. Mm -hmm. It's two people choosing. And I think men get a really bad rep. And how did this idea come into our consciousness of like, sex is something that, that, is earned by a man for what spending time with you right like oh, no that. that is the reward is getting to spend time with you yes yeah what and are then, they thinking and then anything else beyond that is two people choosing and mutually giving and receiving yeah so i'm i'm writing a book and <gasps> it's for the four women that are whether they're they've never been married or they're just newly single or whatever okay. and I just I like that you were bringing up this this feeling of if I have sex it's going to make the relationship better or he'll like me or something like this because there are so many women that weirdly be truly believe that mm -hmm. and it's just not true. Men and women are very different, okay? Mm -hmm. Men and this is like about love languages. Some men, you know, their love language is physical touch. So yeah. To them, it makes sense why sex for them helps with things, but in a different bonding way than the woman's looking for, I'd say. Like the woman's looking for, oh my God, after we have sex tonight, even though he called me at three in the morning, we're probably going to be boyfriend and girlfriend tomorrow, mm. which doesn't happen. 
Unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. It's just, it it is what it is. Well, and for women, so much of our love language often is is words of affirmation. So then sometimes we'll we'll do something we don't want to do just so they'll give us that compliment. And again, it's us looking for external external validation. Or even like the late night text messages, I need you, I want you, or I miss you. All of those things, it, it feeds the woman's before they go through all of this work, it just makes them think that the guy is genuinely interested in a relationship. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you know what? This I don't think this is ever going to change. And I also believe that all women and all humans need to go through experiences to learn and grow. So yep. maybe that needs to happen for the girl to hit rock bottom just to be like, I, I'm not doing this again. I am not doing this again. Yeah, or for somebody that, that hasn't dated, how about I'm not doing that ever? You know, and developing the, the communication skills, I think is, is cause that's something that I certainly didn't lack and they don't teach this stuff in school. So yeah, so I, I got to go through a lot of train wreck relationships and that's how, how I learned. But of course I also did a lot of, of coaching work on, on myself and like learned how to ask for what I want, how to communicate my needs. And I'll tell you something that I did entering into the relationship that I'm in now, which I'm looking back at, I'm like, Kelly, that was badass. So I wrote out my ideal scene for a relationship. And you know, everything I had on there was, you know, giving and receiving love equally. It's like we inspire each other to be best. We creatively inspire each other. And like that whole list of like what's important to me. So I could read that list anytime I'm dating somebody new and go, hmm, how's he living up here? Is this just me? you know, giving into my natural human desire to want to connect and want to bond and want to love, which we all have, and then being true to myself of like, oh yeah, but I gotta remember, it's like all this is very, very important to me. And when we started dating, I sent him that ideal scene. At and I'm what like, point? It, uh, apparently it, was a, it felt early, but it was appropriate enough that I didn't send him running for the hills. So it was like... <laughs> few dates I don't think he'd called me his girlfriend yet but we had somewhere between like we're not going to see each other and before he officially called me his girlfriend somewhere in there it felt pretty courageous so it was pretty early on he respected you because you were respecting yourself because I was ready to walk away if I didn't if if it was like I was like this is what I'm looking for how does this sound you deliver can you deliver basically right it's like we're entering into a uh, an agreement together a relationship is an agreement of here's what we both want and expect from this, right? And that's how we get all of our needs met is by asking for a, an agreement. And I said, this is what I'm looking for. How does this sound to you? And he's like, pretty good. So there's a couple things on there that I'll need to talk about. And here's what I'm looking for. And so it was, uh, I felt courageous on my part, but he could feel for me, oh, this is a woman who knows her worth. Yes, exactly. And we want to be in a relationship with someone who knows their worth. This Otherwise, is, we're not dating. We're babysitting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, this is so great because I, f- I really do feel like at the appropriate time to introduce these are my needs, this is what I need, like are you going to take a hike or are you sticking around? Yeah. And it's honoring ourselves and respecting ourselves and, and on both parts. And then what do you need? Mm-hmm. And if you're really young and you're like 22 and watching this, like you don't have to know everything that you want. It's like go out there and make a bunch of mistakes like I did and you'll learn, you'll find out real quickly. But if you're getting a little bit older, it's like I think once we hit our mid-30s, like we can actually say in a first date, like, so I don't want kids. Let's just get that out of the way right now. At that point, yes. You know, not to scare the other person away. (laughs) 
<laughs> say it like that. But like it, it is important at a certain age, like because as you get older, we know more and more about what we want in our future. When we're super young, it's like let's just experiment and have some fun, and we're gonna learn from that. But as we get older, it's like I mean, he told me on on our first date, like I don't want kids, and we were pretty young. Your well, first, we first date went out, yeah. Like I don't I don't want that. I'm like, well, how do you feel about cats? It's like I love them. I'm like okay, we can continue. And were you kind of up in the air if you wanted kids? Could you go either way, or did you not want kids also? Uh, I was in that place of like, hmm, what do I really want? Because I was 29, so I was like right at that cusp of like dating is fun into like now this can be really profound, like I can find a life partner now. So I was like right at that cusp. So before I made a full-on commitment to him, I had to do some inner work and like receive my own inner guidance of like what do I want? Wow. Yeah, because it's like when we look out into our future, it's like, well, maybe, maybe one day. When we start to get into a really serious with someone, it's like I owed him to be really sure because he was really sure. So I, I told him, I was like, uh, as our relationship started getting more serious, I need to think about this seriously. And then I came like, no, I, I, I agree. That's also not my future. So I love that you're bringing this up mm -hmm. because how, what, what advice would you give to the viewers about when you're in, no matter what the situation is, when you need to get clear, when you want to get your personal from your soul, your answer, how do you do it? How did you do it? And how do you help your clients do that? Uh, when it comes to making a big decision, like, like children? Yeah, or just, yeah, going inside and finding out what is your truth. Well, for me in that specific instance, it was really thinking about, uh, I think that we have a good sense of who we are at a very, very young age. And when I like went back throughout my whole consciousness, I was like, I need to be honest with myself here. And I need to check in with like, what's me? Like, what's me? And then what's the conditioning of society? Right? Yeah. So it's like when I was a little girl, I never dreamed about having a baby. Usually people who become parents have at least some sorts of sense of that. Right? I don't naming, you tell me. Yeah, when I was little, I was naming, yeah, my right. kids. Yeah, so yes. I had that, yeah. And I never played with the baby doll or anything like that. So it's like somewhere in my consciousness, it wasn't there. The indecisiveness for me was the cultural conditioning yes. of like, you'll change your mind. You're so young. You yes, don't know what you you're talking know. about. I know your life better than you do. Yeah. Which is kind of like what they're implying. It's like, uh, oh, am I? Is like, am I going to turn into a pumpkin at 35 and be like, I got to have a baby now? Uh, you know, so there's <laughs> something in there. Because people, enough people tell you that. You're like, is that, is that I true? Is yeah. that, I, I don't know. So it was this whole thing of like, Ooh. And, uh, you know, we're going through something right now and like we're talking about getting married. But what we're doing is we're going, well, how can we make it our own? Right. So if I haven't been bombarded with images of diamond rings and white dresses and huge ceremonies since I was a young child, it's like if I were creating this marriage thing for myself, like what would I have come up with? Does that make sense? Yes. I and love so it's it. like trying not to do just what everybody is, has shown me to do and, and being, being conditioned into that, but really asking, like, would I have put on white? I look terrible in white. Why would I, <laughs> why would I get a white dress? I kind of just blend into the whole thing. I'm so pale. <laughs> so, it's, so asking myself, like, I think I'd get a beautiful green dress or something like that. So, so just checking in. And um, I remember you know, be, working as a singer and doing a cover of a song and asking myself, what am I only singing because the original artist sang this versus what's authentic to me? So if I were to strip this song down and do it completely authentic for myself, what would I have done? So now I'm looking at that in terms of my marriage, my relationship, and then just the way that I live my life. You know, separating what's really true and authentic for me versus 
all the cultural conditionings that I've been bombarded with since birth. And that takes time. To, uh, it takes yeah. time to just be silent mm -hmm. and to, to shut off the world, the family, the friends, the society, the everything. Oh, everything, yeah. For you to get clear with yourself. I love it. Yeah, and then go, it's like, this is what feels really, really right to me rather than the shoulds. Yes. Never live your life with the shoulds. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's just pure fear, and we don't like fear. Yeah, it's a self-imposed right. judgment. We need fear. We need the ego to protect us from bears and fires, but yes, that's pretty much it. We don't need the fear for anything else. It's not a good way to live. Mm -mm. So we were just talking about, I was going to ask you a question about marriage. No, maybe not marriage. Um, well, I have a question about, because I think this could help the viewers also. What, what do you feel like is different and better about Ray than your past smorgasbord of Schwarzeneggers? <laughs> well, like what specifically, what, what were you lacking in, mm -hmm. in your old relationships mm -hmm. that Ray came along and you were like, oh, this feels right. Well, I'm different, right? So, so I'm different. And so it's like I'm, I'm going to attract a man who, who's going to also value me because I value me, right? And so it's like old Kelly walking around with this fear of rejection, right? That was my, my whole big thing. It's like anybody watching, like all those fears, like we really, truly can overcome it. And it's actually really, really funny now uh, for me to, to reflect on this and go, wow, that's, that felt like a real problem. Uh, but I had this enormous fear of, of rejection. And so I remember um, my, my last relationship prior to the one that I'm in now, I remember entering it and going, I'm going to have my heart broken. I am just it, like, it's, it's coming for me. I'm just anticipating the rejection. When's the shoe going to drop? Exactly. And so it was like, if I'm entering into a relationship with that belief system, what's my reality going to reflect back to me? And boy, looking back now, I'm like, did he actually reject me or did I reject myself? I think you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, you know, the power of Facebook and, like, checking up. Because once I had that thought, I was like, I'm going to go, let's see where the problem started. Let's go back That's to fun. fifth grade. And I, I looked this guy up because I had this huge crush on this guy in, in fifth grade, right? It's like, it's a time. And um, I wrote him a note, as you do, like, in fifth grade. And it's like, do you like me? Check yes or no, right? super courageous woman here I like fifth grade I'm like you know and writing it down on my, my Hello Kitty stationery right like my best one yeah like, yeah clearly he this should is know. a big deal this is a big deal what I'm giving him he, to pass in the note he doesn't even check any box he's just like you know I'm like don't you know what you just did like something like, has been set in my consciousness I'm gonna give someone like that stationery that was, that was a symbol of my heart, and I gave it to you, and you threw it away. And it's like, at fifth grade, it's already starting. I'm being rejected. Uh, and it was really funny. So it was like 20, however long later, right? It's like, I'm going to look this guy up on Facebook. He's gay. So, you know, it's like, that's we, why, we didn't know at the time. That's why I wasn't interested. Yeah, and you gay as gay can be. And it's like, we didn't know oh, at the wow. time. I didn't know at the time. He didn't know at the time. But he was not feeling me, and... It was not personal. But you made up a story. Uh, yeah, that made up he, a story. It was you, not him. My heart's going to be thrown away like that stationery. Yes. It's like, so we make up a story. It's like something happens. We take it personally. We make it mean something for 20-something years. And then we go, oh, all, all this fear is like it was based on 
on nothing but a misinterpretation of reality. And so uh, letting go of, of like that fear, and I remember it's like the physical sensation of that fear in my body, and like active, and it was so familiar to me, actively going, I don't have to feel this anymore. Oh. Like, like, and training the body to just let go of the old habits, right? Feelings or habits. So uh, consciously letting go of that, letting go of the thoughts that were creating the feelings uh, and creating a new, a new reality. So it's like, uh, I met Ray at that perfect time. Yes. And had enough self-worth to meet an, a, a man that's that amazing and not put him up on a pedestal. Yeah. And that's the key. Because Correct. he's just a human and so are you. He, yes, he is just a human. Yeah. There's that too. <laughs> Ray, you're coming on the show. We already talked about it because I interview couples also together. So there's an invitation for you. I heard you're a comedian. Maybe you can... You know, do a little. It'll be a good time. Some some jokes. So, anything else that you'd like to just any inspirational things? You know, I I know that you you work specific or you want to give the message also specifically to millennials. So, like mm-hmm. maybe something that you can just grab. You just grab that for fifth grade, but just anything that you can grab from that time of life before you. It's kind of like right in the middle of like not enough life experience and starting to get more life experience. Well, it's a perfect age, right? Because it's like millennials, like they know who they are. They have a good idea, right? But it, young enough, it's like they can really undo all of their thinking. It's like so, so you start to go down that path that, that I was going down. It's like let me, re, let me undo my thinking here, right? And so but for any age, honestly, it's like getting out of the scarcity mindset. It's like humans are hardwired for love. We are meant to love. We are meant to bond and connect. It's, like it's our purpose is what we're here for. But then we tell ourselves a story of like, but I'm the only one. I am the only one that's never going to have the love. And I'm never going to find anybody, 7 billion on the people on the planet. But for me, I'm the only one that's never. I go, I, you know, I hope this is good news. You're not that special. Uh, but <laughs> I promise, like, you will meet somebody and it will be amazing. But be in the consciousness that you want to be in before you meet that person. Like, say my life is amazing and I have everything that I need and you'd just be the, the cherry on top and that would be great and I am open to that. And showing up on first dates, you know, being open, uh, being yourself, being authentic. Um, because a point of the first date is to know if you're compatible or not. That's it. It's not to impress somebody. It's not to win some sort of validation. It's to be yourself. Gonna, is this going to be a thing or is this not going to be a thing? And to authentically connect because... Ultimately, it's like we don't want to be liked for who we're pretending to be. We want to be liked for who we truly are. So having the self-worth to show that and then knowing that that, that's the consciousness that you want to be in before you get into the relationship. Amazing. And I'd like to add, when you are authentic, it feels so much lighter and And easier and flowy. You don't have to carry around all of this pretending. You know, you just like let go of the weight and you're Mm -hmm. like this is me here I am this is me here I am I always remember it's like that moment for some women I know for me specifically it's like the moment of like he's gonna see me without makeup for the first time is he gonna run for the hills Uh, and no reaction none no nothing guys (laughs) guys like natural girls they do I know it's it's so funny it's our own thing isn't it totally made up totally yep yep so just be yourself look yourself act yourself and all will be well all will be beautiful and magical you got it so thank you for coming on the show yeah. how can people find you sure she also teaches singing lessons sure how do people contact you so you can find me kelly farrell 
coaching. That's on my Instagram. So K-E-L-L-Y, Ephesin Frank, A-R-R-E-L-L, coaching on Instagram or kelly-ferrell.com. Wonderful. And you can always find me at therelationshipexpert.com or my Instagram is therelationshipexpert, just an X. So thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for being here. Of course. And have a wonderful evening. Yay. Here's to love. Cheers. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.